they challenge you in ways that like it really like forces you to rethink who you are and like they show you a version of yourself you didn't know that you were mm-hmm. and then it's like all this like new stuff on top of building new relationships with these little people mm-hmm. you know I think that's why it can be so hard to like grasp on to yourself because you're not that same self that you were for like 30 plus years um, yeah it's just different Help Me See is a podcast based in intention, purpose, and heart. Vulnerable, real conversations challenging the norms and empowering you to harness your intentional vision for your purposeful life. Around here, we're not about the small talk. We're unpacking all of the unnecessary crap that we've carried with us for far too long. Some of these episodes are solo style. I like to call them my little audio journal with my innermost thoughts that leave me thinking, am I the only one that feels like this? And then some super inspiring guests having conversations that I truly feel like are needed in today's world. Listen into a new episode every Wednesday and leave inspired by your everyday with the deep peace of knowing that you're not alone and have the innate power to make this life count. And before we hop into the show, I do want to remind you that I have, um, for a limited time, a free masterclass that I have linked in the show notes. And also uh, you could find it in my link tree in my Instagram. And that's a masterclass on why photography is the secret key to creating the life you're meant for, whether you're a pro or not. This is about your photo taking, your personal photo taking as almost a meditative practice, as a way of living deeper into and understanding more of your life and using this everyday habit that we all have as a way to supercharge the depths and the intention with which we're living. It is hands down my favorite topic in the world to talk about. I've created a whole online course about this topic. But registration for that course, Manifest Your Memories, is actually closed right now. But this would be the next best thing. Hop on over, click on the link, and be sure to join the wait list uh, to be the first to know when my enrollment opens for Manifest Your Memories. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Help Me See. This week has been a week. Um, So to set the stage for this podcast episode. It's a pretty low energy one. So if you're looking for a pick me up, look somewhere else. (laughs) Uh, I chatted with my partner, Ben, about just what it means to find a sense of self, your own sense of self in your tired parenthood. Um, this past week, he had gone on a, a guy's trip to Vegas for five days, four or five days. And um, I was home with the kids. Needless to say, <laughs> we both had very different weeks. <laughs> and um, doing a podcast episode together was a really nice way to sit down and speak to each other. <laughs> Because by the time the kids are in bed, we usually just zonk out on the couch. So this episode's a little bit different. Kind of like behind the scenes, private chat. Ben and I bantering about the parents that we are versus the parents that we thought we would be. And um, finding 
space for yourself in the equation. If you're a a tired parent out there, this episode will probably make you feel seen. (laughs) I'm guessing that you'll be able to relate in some way. Enjoy. All right. So on a night where we just had a major tantrum putting Cassius to bed, we're (laughs) choosing to talk about how we've attempted to maintain a sense of self in these parenting years. Um, You just got back from a trip. Curious what that felt like being away for that long because neither of us have been separate, separated from the kids for that long. Yeah. I mean, it didn't really ever feel like I was separate um, from anything. No. No. I mean, I went out of my way to not text you the daily goings on. So much yeah, but times, I mean, you just, you know, you just think about it. you guys all day. And, yeah. You know, no matter what you do, like everything you do is in a different context now. You know, mm-hmm. it's like my daddy stories tell me, you know, when you walk out of the house, you're a representation of this family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of like. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, you want to let loose and have fun, but it's like, you're a father in the back of your head at all times. Mm -hmm. You know, me and Joe and Seth and stuff, like, we just, like, so often we're just, like, talking about the kids and, like, showing each other Ah. pictures that, like, the wives were sending us and, (laughs) you know, like, meals and stuff, like, looking at pictures of the kids. That's funny. Talking about the kids, and it's just, like, yeah, everything's just in a different context. I don't know. Sometimes I find that the most I'm able to, I don't want to say escape it, but I guess I'll say escape it. I don't know. Is if I'm like really into a piece of work that I'm working on or like a stupid show or a movie or something. And it's almost like for a split second, you like forget your whole life. Like you forget that you're, yeah. and then it like punches you in the face. <sighs> Ever happen to you? Oh yeah. You know, on that trip, I mean there's times it's like it's like laughing and you do like you get lost in moments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We never totally like separate from anything. That's probably why I like a lot of the kinds of shows and stuff that I like that are like super narrative driven. This is kind of like a little escape or a distraction. But in terms of you know, trying to maintain any kind of identity outside of like being a parent. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's uh I think for people in like our situation it's even a little bit tougher because I think the best way that you and I hold on to our identity is like making time, you know, when we can or have the energy to to like, you know, play a card game or like you know, relax together or like just talk on like a Saturday. It's just like a get together because you and I met at an age where we didn't have any kind of like we were looking for an identity still. You know, we were like 19. Mm-hmm. It's like our real adult identity didn't really come until, you know, we were both, it came to us like while we were together. So our sense of selves like really kind of revolves around like our lives together. Mm-hmm. The thing that, 
is tough is that with uh, the kids, naturally, you end up being ripped apart for, you know, 90% of your life, especially when they're little. This is demands and trying to like tag team. Yeah, I guess that it's most surprising to me the the feeling of like the need to escape and like the guilt that comes with that but also like the second you do you kind of like immediately or almost immediately like miss it too it's just like such a weird push and pull at the same exact time yeah i think overall it felt like when i came back and after being gone for four days just like thankful that like, I don't travel for a living because just the amount the two of them changed is like incredible just over you know, four days. That's so weird. Like Silas's motor skills were like it was a noticeable jump. Cash's uh conversationally, like he even made changes, you know, during that time. Hmm. Just like the little thing that he does, like uh, you were making, uh, you're getting dinner together, and I was uh, getting Silas in his chair, and uh, he said something like, he said like, "Mommy, I want that," and then you said, uh, "Go sit down," and then now bring it to you, and he responded with, "Okay," and he got in his chair. That never happened before I left. <laughs> that was like within four days. Yeah. And like acknowledging and doing something as a response. Yeah. It's just so crazy how even like as someone that's like, like myself, it's like built to notice, like it's an inherent thing for me. I still didn't notice that change like in the midst of yeah. that crazy. And maybe that's why it is important to get away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're going to miss, you're almost going to miss more when you're in the middle of something. All the time. Yeah. It's funny how I, (laughs) I really thought that once I had kids that I was going to be completely 100% content. Like, like sitting on the floor with them playing would be all I needed to do. Yeah. And yeah, I really thought that. When I had kids, just being at home with them and playing with them would, you know, my cup would runneth over. Yeah, it's one of those things. It was like, uh, <clears throat> we went to Vegas uh, for March Madness and uh, we're coming back from the airport and we had like, we had to get up at like four o'clock. We got off the plane, we're dragging ass and we're walking back, you know, to the baggage claim and. Yeah, I said that, but it's like, you know, trips like that, as physically exhausted as you are, definitely feel recharged emotionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, you know, I think it's really important that you you take a couple days a month and, you know, go to the spa and, you know, go get a massage and, you know, get away for a few hours. And we need to be better about making, uh, Plans like date nights and stuff, or like, you know, yeah, really getting together with friends, make time to miss the craziness. But in terms of like uh, maintaining your sense of self, it's crazy how fast that gets muddied. 
it's like he almost a big part of what you thought was your sense of self like vanishes. <laughs> and really you're just kind of like on a hunt for like finding like a fundamental version of yourself that you recognize. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it today and it's like they challenge you in ways that like it really like forces you to rethink who you are and like they show you a version of yourself you didn't know that you were mm-hmm. and then it's like all this like new stuff on top of building new relationships with these little people mm-hmm. you know you know you go from the birth and it's like i felt like my connection with you was like a thousand times stronger immediately you know it's already a shift and like a foundation mm-hmm and then, you know, you look at this little thing that's like screaming and totally dependent on you, you know, and that changes you in a foundational way. Yeah, and I think that's why I think I posted this in one of my posts recently. I think that's why it can be so hard to like grasp onto yourself because you're not that same self that you were for like 30 plus years. Um, yeah. It's just different. You're just so, I mean, of course, there's like, core elements that could remain the same, but there's also core elements that have shifted. So it's like searching to recognize yourself in a way that like is no longer really there. So it's like you're searching for something familiar, but at the same time trying to get to know yourself again and like find and navigate space. Yeah. I guess that was the one thing I, I think I did notice on that trip. Just in the hotel room, you know, shooting the shit and messing around with your buddies and stuff and all of a sudden there's like a small second like oh man i remember this guy yourself or your friends oh (laughs) it's like oh hey man (laughs) and then (laughs) you know then you know you you know second later you know you're thinking about your kids like oh man it's those guys Mm -hmm. but i think and i think also a part of things that made you know finding self harder you don't have time to like with the pandemic you couldn't you know see your friends you couldn't like get away from you know your day-to-day kind of craziness you just from lockdown and then you know it's starting it's starting to ease out of that and you know things are getting a little bit better and I feel like you can make plans with people now mm-hmm. you know but now it's like everybody's used to having been locked down and it's like takes more effort get together with anybody and like it schedules together and look at calendars <laughs> you, know, you end up in like this uh what was a dystopian chaos groove <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. pry yourself out of it yeah but i also think it's good too because i feel like it the dystopian <laughs> phase kind of cleared out the white noise of the perhaps the commitments you used to find yourselves yourself in and like the people you used to spend time with that you were, you know, kind of like lukewarm or well, but you just did. Um, I think there's now it feels like there's like a higher bar to what people choose to do with their time and like what's worth it because there was that phase, I guess it's still kind of in that phase where, it's safer to do the activities with the rates going down, but it's also like an element of, well, is this worth it? Yeah. Is this worth, like, is this important 
enough to my like mental health and social health <laughs> to do this because there's still stuff going on. Yeah. So that's like an interesting part of the conversation. Uh, something you brought up earlier I thought was interesting was uh, the idea of like expectations versus reality. And then, you know, the kind of parent you are versus the kind of parent that you thought you would be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, speak for myself. My entire life has always kind of been like the goofy, chilled out, you know, super easygoing, you know, go with the flow kind of person. I was until you have a one year old and a three year old and you have to get somewhere and you have to get everybody in the car and it's like, holy hell. Mm-hmm. You know, crazy, overwhelming madness. Part of that I had expected, but I really, what surprised me was my reaction to meltdowns and tantrums. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, before I was a father, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, you just you know, get on their level and you really talk to them <laughs> and you just like explain to them what's going on. Not really understanding that rationalizing with a three year old is, uh, not always an option and it's not even that it's not always an option but it's more of like a comprehension thing and like you watching somebody become just a true prisoner of emotion mm-hmm. which i also end up finding out that is a trigger for me mm-hmm. and i do not do super well with uh being controlled by your emotions uh, that's something for my therapist later this week. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, because it's like every the thing that triggers you most with the kid er, is like a complete mirror for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when I see that happen and I'm watching something happen that I do everything in my power in my life to not do. It's like, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> but... That's something that surprised me and something I'm working on. Like today, tonight with Cassius, he threw a massive tantrum. He didn't want to go to bed and he started screaming. He started screaming at me. What really makes me crazy when I lose my temper is when I see him doing that. It's one thing if he screams in my face. When he screams in Bianca's face, mm. I redline. Maybe this is brought up. You hold your mother in a certain respect. Mm-hmm. And regard. Mm. And that's not a line you cross. Mm-hmm. And that, like, makes me wild. But I give him an option. I say, uh, you know, make a choice. It's bedtime. You can walk to your room. I'm going to carry you to your room. And I count to three. Almost every time, by the time I get to three, he's still standing there. <laughs> and I go to reach, and he starts running, screaming, <laughs> I don't want to carry you. <laughs> <laughs> and... So he goes upstairs, screams in my face again, you know, whole thing. I put him in bed and uh, he's up there crying. You know, I wait like 10 minutes. You and I had talked about talking to them uh, after and like, you know, really trying to express emotionally. Like I apologize to him for yelling. Mm-hmm. You know, I was really proud of him actually. He said he, he Explained to me that he was sad and he was sorry. Aww. And it was really sweet. And I explained to him, you know, I'm sorry. I yelled. But that's a tough thing, too. It's like, I let my emotions explode. And 
which is something I try not to do. <laughs> you're yelling do. at him for. I'm yelling at him for yelling at me, and that's just like, <laughs> I'm like oh my god, <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, when- I feel like most. I feel like not eighty. 90% of the time, I feel like I'm pretty good at, like, calmly telling him when he's like that. But every once in a while. But that is something I did not expect to experience every six weeks as a parent. I never saw myself as that. And that's something uh, mm-hmm. we need to actively work on. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I just, I thought I would be more patient overall. I, we've already talked about this, but I have, like, the opposite where I have all the patience for the huge meltdowns, but yeah. it's that constant whine or when he's like picking up one thing after another, after another, and I'm just like on damage control and I can't even think, I, I never realized how much space I needed like mental and audio space. Like I need like quiet and I need, physical space yeah it's like when i was living in new york and i felt like claustrophobic and i didn't realize how much i needed trees and green space before i moved there the same thing echoed here i didn't realize how much mental space i needed in my own landscape that i don't get as much and then it's like you think all the things that you assume of yourself like i assumed that like every day would just be a struggle to send him to school and that's like a you know in my mind it's like oh well I mean I'm a good mom if I'm sad to take him to school but when I'm not sad to take him to school you know kind of like being surprised by your own inner reactions yeah and adjusting to that and like not making it mean something that it doesn't mean like just letting it be what it is. And yeah, yeah I am. Yeah. On the other side of like, uh, I'm not sure if it's be surprised or just happy. I met my own expectations as a parent it is, uh, playing and turning things into games to like, in a proactive way to like get something done. Or it's like, we race to clean up the toys or, you know, mm-hmm. we're like a dinosaur to brush your teeth and, Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. That I am proud, I guess, like, to be like, yeah, there's some stuff I'm doing well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's important to, like, for both of us to look at, you know, both individually and collectively. Like, Cassius is so sweet. Mm-hmm. And he's become very polite. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's so <laughs> sweet with his brother. He's really gentle. Mm-hmm. For the most part, <laughs> you know, and it's like, all right, there's times when like I watch him play and stuff and, you know, I'm like, okay, he's going to be okay. I mean, I don't even, like, I struggle to even say like, oh, there are some things you're doing good. I think it's also fluid. I think that the best thing that we can be doing and obviously, you know, I am, I have not read any parenting books. <laughs> I have not, the extent of my parenting research is like what I come across online sometimes when I seek it out. But um, I just honestly feel like consciously parenting 
just conscious parenting is like only way that resonates with me. Even like, I just don't see for myself and for us collectively, I just, unless there's a specific pain point that we're like seeking guidance in, like I don't enjoy the idea of like researching a method or a style of parenting because whoever wrote this doesn't know my kid. So like it yeah. and and us and it it's just so wildly generalized that like even when we mess up and yell and whatever I even think that there's good in that because like the fact that we're able to apologize to him and show that we're equal and not you know what I mean like that's it's all just opportunities so like yeah. even though yes I I still feel like the shame and the guilt in my own time and space, like when I'm away from it, I can say that, or if I was thinking about it for someone else, <laughs> or if I was talking to a friend of mine with the same issues, I would say that it's all, it's all good. As long as you're staying aware and conscious about like the relationship. And I mean, even I think it was Dax, Shepard and Kristen Bell, they were saying that if they ever fight in front of the kids, they just make sure that the kids also see the resolution. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, there's no badge of honor to be had just for saying, oh, we've never showed our fights to our kids. It's like, well, that a different degree of issue there as well. Right. So. But I feel like, yeah, it's interesting too, because now it's, once you feel like you have them pegged, and you know exactly what to do in every situation. The situation, like, you know, changes because they change mm-hmm. so rapidly. Mm-hmm. I think in general, and I'm finding that, like, with every conversation I have, whether it be with myself or with someone else, like on the podcast and really anywhere, it always seems like I'm pointed back to more space just like letting there be space for like the bothness of all of the situations letting it be okay that you don't want to be as defined by your parenthood your motherhood your fatherhood as you might have thought you wanted to be like in my case or you know, wanting to catch every minute because they're growing up so fast, but also wanting time to yourself in silence. Like it's both okay. And there's space for both of it. Right. For And space for you, you know, you physically had space when you went on your trip and was saying it was like a mental recharge. Yeah. Most of my space is a minimum an hour to exercise most of the week and it's like kind of meditative and kind of gives me like a a little break and that helps me more than anything yeah i think it is important to kind of mean foster an environment where it is anything and everything is okay and even if something is not okay then you discuss it and then you just don't want like a fear-based household Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he needs this. The kids need the space as well. 
Yeah, you need the space to mess up. You need the space to explore. Yeah, make mistakes and explore and have as much fun as you can when you can. And well, thank you for having me back. Yeah, we're running on fumes right now. I can't even (laughs) believe that we're even having this conversation right now. That sounds like uh, the two the two words to keep the household going is space and love. I think. And humor, space, love, and humor. Live, love, laugh, baby. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, we got to stop this now. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode and want to get in on actual conversations with me, join the Help Me See podcast private Facebook group every Friday at twelve p.m. Eastern time. I'll be hopping on live for Q and A on the latest episode, and for free consulting if you need a bit of help thinking about ways to save your memories. Did you get something out of this episode? I really, really, really hope you did. And I would love to hear from you. I'm on a mission to empower you to feel peace knowing that you are not missing your life. One of the best ways that you can support me is leaving a review. And honestly, I'd rather hear about the memory you saved because of this podcast rather than any kind of accolade. Tell me how this podcast has impacted you. And one, I'll probably cry. (laughs) (laughs) And two, I'd love to give you a shout out on the show. Take a minute and head out to the link in the bio to write a review now on the podcast.